My name is Alana and you are listening to Give a Damn, a podcast that intentionally and mindfully explores life's common challenges in order to break down the barriers between us and become the best version of yourself. episode two, season three. I am so happy to be here with you guys today and happy to be back in the podcast world. Season three is really going to be all about sharing more data-based, fact-based coaching, self-help. This is the real deal. Um, If we're not working together, you're going to get some really good nuggets, some really good golden nuggets. Um, And if you're interested and this piques um, your interest and feels helpful, please reach out. I would love to work with you. We'll do a free clarity call, one hour, no commitment, and see if we're a good fit for each other. So with that, let's get started. Last episode was a tell all about where I've been and now I'm ready to really dive in. It is February, you guys. Oh my God, how did this happen? I cannot believe that we are already a month into 2023. Doesn't that feel like it's just flown by already? The good news is that you have a whole month under your belt of this new year, and I suspect you have hit the ground running because you are a part of this community. The other good news, okay, spoiler alert, there is no bad news. (laughs) is that we have 11 more months to crush our goals and continue to evolve into the best versions of ourselves. Can I get a hell yeah? You've probably heard by now that it takes 21 days to create a habit. So if you started your year with a bang, you probably have adopted some new habit that you've always wanted to incorporate. Congratulations, you should be so proud of yourself. For me, that habit is working on my business daily in some way, so today it is recording this podcast episode, as well as keeping up my very sacred morning routine. Also, this is the secret to my success as a hyper-productive person. I wake up before six, journal, drink water, work out, and drink my morning smoothie. I literally get all my endorphins flowing and all my vitamins and nutrients in before 9 a.m. It is epic. Don't you wish, though, that days ended at 2 p.m.? <laughs> However, 21 days makes a habit, but that doesn't account for sicknesses, unexpected visitors, travels, hangovers, work intrusions, bad weather, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All of these things can knock us off our game, create really good excuses to cheat or treat ourselves, and fall off plan. Whether you plan to do a dry January, work out daily, adopt a journaling practice, start looking for a new job, or dive back into the dating world, there is always going to be a million and one reasons why you should fall back into an old comfy habit and give yourself a break. Now, I'm going to tell you something really controversial right now. That is okay. It is okay to take breaks and it is okay to fall off track from time to time. In fact, I kind of find it necessary for your success. I know, wild. But here's why. You're going to dust yourself off 
and hop right back on track without judgment or guilt. Making changes in our lives isn't about being perfect about it. It's about becoming the person that you want to be, and no one person is perfect. In James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, which I am obsessed with, and if you haven't read it, it is an absolute must and such a quick read. He says, when we try to change a habit, we often create habits based on a desired outcome, e.g. quitting smoking, rather than our desired identity, e.g. not being a smoker. True behavior change is identity change, and your behaviors are usually a reflection of your identity. While this close connection between identity and habit may sound a bit daunting, it is actually good news because when viewed through this lens, every action is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. You don't need to be perfect. In any election, there are going to be votes for both sides. Your goal is simply to win the majority of the time. In other words, your habits shape you as much as you shape your habits, if not more. So why am I quoting this? Besides the fact that it's an epic book that really is helpful towards creating new habits. Because as a life and mindset coach, the biggest barrier I see between people and their goals is the way that they view themselves and their relationship to themselves when trying to achieve their goals and create new habits. That is why... Our discussion today is about compassionate self-forgiveness. So I talked about this on my Instagram. I made a post about it, a reel about it. Um, And I really wanted to go into depth here on this podcast episode. So check out the reel if you want, but this is really where I'm going to get into it. I learned compassionate self-forgiveness in my very first coaching session with my first coach, Katya. At the end of our first call together, which resulted in me spilling my heart and crying and essentially begging her to fix me, she said, we're going to move into compassionate self-forgiveness and release any judgment that has come up this session. I was shocked because I don't know about you, but being hard on myself was historically how I pushed forward and made shit happen. The quote unquote grind and the hustle were the only ways I knew how to operate. You cried and then you shoved it down and you kept it moving. Who knows what I'm talking about here? So I felt like if I let myself off the hook and allowed emotions and sadness to be not just okay, but welcomed, then I would get stuck in that place forever. Katya explained sort of the the process of compassionate self-forgiveness, which was reciting, I forgive myself for, and filling in the blank, the truth is, fill in the blank. So I tried it. I figured I had nothing to lose. And then I did another one, and another, and another. Lord knows I had a lot to forgive myself for, especially during a time last year, that my life felt so out of alignment and everyone thought it was perfect. I was living with this lie and social media made everything look perfect. Please, God, you guys do not look to social media as truth. (laughs) I didn't notice anything at first, but later that evening when I went to sleep, I noticed that I felt lighter. The lump in my belly that had taken up a permanent residency felt a little less dense. We were on to something here. I kept doing compassionate self-forgiveness every week and eventually every day. And what I noticed is exactly what James Clear references in his book. 
I wasn't just moving closer to my goals with more ease and flow, but I was becoming a better version of myself and embodying who I wanted to become more holistically because there was no longer a separation between the two. I was just becoming. Whether we judge every step of our journey, whether we succeed or fail, we don't allow ourselves to evolve naturally. With incorporating compassionate self-forgiveness, nothing is able to build up inside of you. Whether you have a slip up or you're going strong, everything is met with love and acceptance. And I don't know about you, but those are the types of people that I really look up to. I always couldn't understand why everything felt so hard in my life and it looked so easy for people. This is why. In coaching, I focus heavily on somatic work with my clients. I really, really love somatic work, especially as a yoga instructor. And that way my clients don't just know what to do. They know how it should feel in their body. So when I'm not with them, they know how to check in and know if they're in alignment. With something like compassionate self-forgiveness, you mentally learn to be more loving towards yourself, you behaviorally know how to treat yourself, and you also let go of the contractions and heaviness in your body and allow more flow and lightness. In an article about about self-compassion by Serena Chen in the Harvard Business Review titled, Give Yourself a Break, The Power of Self-Compassion, Chen writes, People with high levels of self-compassion demonstrate three behaviors. First, they are kind rather than judgmental about their own failures and mistakes. Second, they recognize that failures are a shared human experience. And third, they take a balanced approach to negative emotions when they stumble or fall short. They allow themselves to feel bad, but they don't let negative emotions take over. Kristen Neff, a professor at the University of Texas, Austin, has developed a survey tool that assesses the the three components of self-compassion. Researchers and practitioners have used the tool to shed light on what personality traits and behaviors are associated with self-compassion and have found, among other things, that people who score high typically have greater motivation to improve themselves and are more likely to report strong feelings of authenticity, the sense of being true to the self. Both are important contributors to a successful career. The good news is that both of these traits can be cultivated and enhanced through self-compassion. So friends, if we know that self-compassion will actually make us more successful and help us fully embody the person we want to become, why in God's green earth would we waste another second of our life being hard on ourselves? Those days are gone, my friends. 2023 is the year of adaptability and self-compassion. Say it with me. Can I get an amen? Amen. Okay, great. So now let's ground this in some action. I always like to ground in aligned action in my sessions, and so I'm going to do it here with you guys in this season. So yes, I am giving you homework on a podcast, but it's because I believe in you and I want you to become the best version of yourself. You are not going to do that by beating yourself up every time you slip up or by just grinding it out. I want you to add compassionate self-forgiveness as a nightly routine. You can recite it out loud in your head. I don't recommend that, but if you have to, it's okay. You can write it down. You can vlog it, voice message it, whatever works for you. But you're going to say this. I forgive myself for and fill in whatever came up that day. Anything, big or small. 
Um, and the truth is, but the truth is, and then fill in that blank. And whether it's something small, like you didn't work out, maybe you had a cookie when you weren't eating sugar, or you sat and watched TV that night instead of whatever nightly routine you wanted to adopt, use it, it is okay, and then let it go. But then here's the next most important step. Choose the next best thing, you guys. Don't self-wallow and keep digging a bigger hole. Forgive it, let it go, get back on track. Often, I know that I have felt that this doesn't feel intuitive because it feels like you're just letting yourself off the hook. But the important next step is that you do let it go, but then you choose the next best thing. You get right back on track and then you're not holding on to anything residual. You're not holding on to any type of guilt. You don't wallow in it. You move it on and you start clean, 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 clean. I promise you this works, my friends. I promise you this works. I want you to try this out this week. Share this with anyone who needs to hear this this week. Um, I really want us to create a culture of compassion and kindness. This is our future. I am telling you guys. So that's it for today. You've got your homework, kids. Thanks for being here today. Please, um, I haven't said this in a while, but if you like this podcast, rate, review, and please subscribe because I will be coming out with new episodes and I want you to get notified. And yeah, follow me on Instagram if you're not following me at Alana Weinroth. And that's it for today. As always, my friends, don't forget, give a damn about your community. Give a damn about your neighbor, but most importantly, give a damn about your damn self. Have a good day, my friends.